A reading from the book of Sirach. The Lord is a God of justice who knows no favorites. Though not unduly partial toward the weak, yet he hears the cry of the oppressed. The Lord is not deaf to the wail of the orphan, nor to the widow who, when she pours out her complaint. The one who serves God willingly is heard. His petition reaches the heavens. The prayer of the lowly pierces the clouds. It does not rest till it reach, reaches its goal, nor will it withdraw till the Most High responds, judges justly and affirms the right, and the Lord will not delay. The word of the Lord. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Beloved, I am already being poured out like a libation, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have competed well, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. From now on, the crown of righteousness awaits me, which the Lord, the just judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearance. At my first defense, no one appeared on my behalf, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength so that through me the proclamation might be completed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil threat and will bring me safe to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel, According to Luke. Jesus addressed this parable to those who were convinced of their righteousness and despised everyone else. Two people went up to the temple area to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself. Oh God, I thank you. I am not like the rest of humanity greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes on my whole income. But the tax collector stood off at a distance, would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and pray, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. I think we've all been invited to someone's home or a special occasion at work. And after a brief greeting by the host, you're introduced to another guest or two, and you begin to exchange greetings. You know, it's a pleasure to meet you. Well, thanks. It's a pleasure to meet you, too. And the litany kind of proceeds by a certain ritual. Where do you come from? Well, who do you know? And soon the question is posed. So what do you do? In our culture, perhaps like many places throughout the world, it seems that what you do really defines who you are. Perhaps you're a professional, a member of a special club, a sports enthusiast, world traveler. The list can go on and on. But in the end, does what you say you do really say who you really are? Not really. 
For imagine if we place a scene again, replayed with the person said, it's a pleasure to meet you. Who are you? To pause in a moment or two, they might restate it a bit. You know, I might say, I was an engineer. I'm a deacon. I'm a mom, a father, whatever. But again, it kind of begs the question at hand, who are you? It's quite a deep question when you think about it. It's a lot like the scene played out, I think, in today's parable about the Pharisee and the tax collector who again went to the temple to pray. It all started out pretty well, like many of us perhaps today. We're welcomed to be there and gave thanks to God. But the next step betrayed where they're really coming from and who they are. The Pharisee continued to thank God that he is not like all those other people out there, the extortionists, the unjust, the adulterers, even that tax collector. You can almost see him pull out his iPad or a clipboard and start giving a status report how he has observed all the rules of the temple described since the last time he entered it. I fasted, check. I tied it, check. I'm wearing my fancy stole. And you see me up front here on the Sabbath. Lord, you know I'm not like those other people. And as he stood there in the temple, it was very clear to tell God all the things he had done. And if anyone happened to overhear him, all the better to him. For he had brought to God the gift of himself, his self-righteousness, his self-merit. When it was all said and done, though, his prayer was all about himself, not about the God before him. The Pharisee felt justified in what he felt, and the check marks on his clipboard gave proof. But he left as he had come, full of himself. Sadly, he left empty, for he had not left room for God in his sorry life. Off again to the side was the tax collector, humbly standing in the shadows, looking down into himself. He beat his press, for he knew what he had done. No need to make up a list. He knew all too well what he had done, and that God knew too. Again, thank God for welcoming him once again to the Holy House. He knew who he was. He asked for God's mercy, for he knew it was to be all about God and being with him once again that mattered. He pleaded for his mercy. In humble prayer, he had brought himself before God that day to meet again with the Lord. He stood there and felt empty of himself. He was drained, yet hopeful. He left the temple unlike the other, however, where his heart was filled with God's love and forgiveness. His life would be renewed. He had found room in God's presence once more in his life. Where do you stand in the parable of today? How do you pray and why? When we were little children, many of us were taught to prepare for confessions often held on a Saturday afternoon. And when during the week we're told to make up those little lists, we could tell the good priest, I hit my sister ten times. I disobeyed my parents five times not coming into dinner when they called me. The list would go on and on. 
And the priest, of course, would give her penance, a couple Hail Marys, a father. And I may note there's respect in the practice of them. But I ask you now, looking back, how far have we grown up in our prayer life, in our time to come before the Lord and ask him for his forgiveness? And how do we now pray? Sad to say, perhaps we haven't grown to know and appreciate the power of prayer. For prayer can define us in many ways in our relationship with God. Prayer comes in many forms and styles, spawned from the many simple ones we learned as a child, our Father, Hail Mary. Prayers that can serve to guide our liturgies and sacramental celebrations. But from those traditional forms, also others that we hear at our parish, St. Paul VI can appreciate. Through our campuses, be it Eucharist adoration, reciting the divine mercy, novenas or rosies, like some of our men gather on Saturday mornings at 7.30, the taste that we appreciate on Friday nights, and of course our Alpha and other programs, enrich all of our lives and opportunities each week. All can guide our spiritual development and our faith journey. My friends, prayer is the ultimate cloud-based medium that can allow us to communicate with God. It's up and running 24-7 and has the most secure line there ever can be. Whether we're in a plane or in a subway, you can never lose your connectivity with God. He guarantees it. May we find the time then to reconnect our lives with God. To good thanks for the good times, the blessings we have been given, and the troubled times for knowing he is dear for us too. May we turn to God, prayer in new attitude, with arms open, as Syriac says, to slowly relaxing the tensions which clench our hands close tight, and to open our hands to let go of fear, anger, frustration, and doubt. May we open our hands, letting go of unreasonable expectations or lack of trust, and worry about a future that may not come, and discover through prayer a way of life and not just a few words. May it become a special moment we find, be it but a couple minutes each day to say thank God, that can allow us to see in that peace his stillness and presence. And when we open our hearts and minds and souls to God's presence in our lives and world, we then all will know who we really are. <laughs>